0: Well, William, good morning to you. Um, Thank you for joining us. Essex County Cricket uh, Sports Psychologist, and I'm sure you're going to be telling us some fascinating insight into your role. Uh, You joined the club in 2014, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right, Paul. Um, During uh, Paul Grayson's uh, last year, uh, Chris Silverwood was assistant coach. Uh, Foz was the club captain uh, and Tendo was the one-day captain. Yeah, it was really good to join the club then uh, and it's been a fascinating five or six years since.
0: Yeah. Just before then, what was, what was your background? How did you come uh, to Essex? It's not a full-time role, is it, William?
1: No, that's, that's right. So, for the past 15 or 20 years, I've been combining working as an Olympic, Paralympic sports psychologist with working as a leadership coach in organisations. So in in terms of sport, I um, have worked with the British canoeing team, the British rowing team, uh, the rowing team since uh, 2007, and I've worked with Team GB at the sort of Beijing Olympics at the Macau training camp, um, and at 2012 uh, with the Paralympic rowing team. So I'm sort of steeped in sport, but at the same time, really interested and do a lot of work in leadership development and leadership coaching. Right. And on that, um, could you just expand and
0: tell us about your role as a sports psychologist? What, what, it, uh, what it embraces? I know we of yeah. have to be brief, but um, no. yeah, you know, just to, just to uh, give us an insight into what, you, what it, the role is actually all about.
1: Yeah. So I, I think there are two big strands. Clearly, working with every player to help them be the most psychologically skilled they can be, both to train as well as possible and to perform as well as possible. But in parallel, it's also just about helping them psychologically in any aspect of their lives. Because if, if one aspect of their life isn't working well, it will leak into how they train and how they play. And as a club, I think Essex are really good at looking after the whole person with their players. And actually, I think that's part of what gives them really good performance success, as well as being the right thing to do. I I also work with the coaches and and the the support staff, because really, they're all psychologists. With a small p, all of the coaches are influencing and working with the players. Um, And in the 20 days a year I do, a lot of what I can help the most with is helping the coaches have a really good insight Without giving away any confidentiality um, about how they can get the most out of the players. Um, so, there's sort of the, the headline areas of what I do as a sports psychologist at, at Essex.
0: When you first came to Essex, did you find um, perhaps in some areas um, some resistance towards your role because um, this has been an increasing role, um, the importance of psychology. Um, and leading on to mental well-being of of all the players but it's a fairly recent phenomena isn't it in in professional circles I mean sort of probably 15 years ago we probably wouldn't have been having the same conversation um, because the role wouldn't have existed as such.
1: Yeah I, I think especially over the last 20 years and 25 years, sports psychology has shifted from something fringe to how can I get the extra one percent? And it shifted from a long time ago, uh, players possibly felt more vulnerable and more slightly defensive about that it may suggest something was wrong with them. Now, the attitude much more is how can I improve? How can I use anything to help me? having said that in any group of players or a group of rowers there'll be people who who really want to reach out to me regularly and there'll be people where it's much less frequent if at all and, and part of my job is to really respect that because ev- everybody has their own way of managing their own psychology and and i need to be available to respond when people want to engage but not actually uh, sort of be too driving in telling people how they should manage themselves.
0: Right. So in the five, six years that you've been with the, with the club, um, we've seen some great success in the last three years or so. Um, and I'm sure that you've certainly played your part Uh, in that, in bringing perhaps a positive attitude um, where perhaps there was negativity. And I'm saying the negativity insofar as um, falling short, particularly in knockout uh, games where we seem to get to the last hurdle and just not get over. Um, But from building on that, because obviously the ability was there, but couldn't just perhaps conquer the, the psychological barrier that existed. And once you get into a winning vein, Um, There's nothing like confidence to bring success, is there?
1: No, that's right. I I think the first thing I'd say about about these sort of knockout matches, which obviously we've been talked about for a long time, um, is the margins in these T20 and 50 over matches are incredibly, incredibly small. Um, And and so really my approach has not been to do anything very different But really to work with the coaches in just working from the ground upwards just to say each season, are we doing everything that we should be doing? Um, And and if I would sort of cut to the quick about the success in the the knockout matches, um, obviously we had some, you know, (laughs) we were in a very, very tough position where results had to go our way last year in the T20. And, And they did. And obviously, I had no part to play in in the results going our way. Um, And and I'd say that, um, you know, the success that we had last season, a lot of that is simply that we have such a cohesive unit, which is really well led, from actually, from the committee down, through the coaches, through mags, uh, through all the coaches, through the captains, into the whole team this is the most one of the most cohesive units that i've worked with and it's one of the most well-led units that i've worked with so there is no magic wand here it's more of an accumulation of doing the right thing um with some very positive characters coming to the fore um yeah. and you you know you i think you have mentioned simon harmer uh, obviously a very positive character who who really embraces the big moment, as do, you know, really the rest of the team.
0: Yeah. Interesting. You you mentioned last season. And if we look at last season, towards the end of the season, um, we got to a situation both in the Red Bull game and the 2020 where, uh, every game was a cup final. Uh, we, we couldn't lose. We couldn't afford to lose uh, a, a championship match because that would have virtually left the way clear for Somerset. Uh, 2020 in the qualifying stages, you got to the um, towards the end where we just had to keep on winning. And then, of course, getting to the quarterfinals, you've got to keep on winning. By that stage of the season, and it is a long season, players would have been not only physically quite drained, but I presume mentally drained as well. So, was there anything that you were able to say in general terms, to, not looking at individuals, that wouldn't be fair, I'm sure, William, but as a general team to help boost them and give them that 1% that perhaps that you talked about earlier on?
1: Well, I, I, I actually think most of that came from the coaches and came right. from from Tendo and Simon Harmer and a senior team so at times I was talking to the coaches I was talking to some of those players uh, and part of my role is to work with the captains but that might have been three months previously where, right. w- where I'm helping them plan um, right. it, generally in in how I work I'm actually not uh, communicating closely with the players as they go into a match. We actually have a system where that's what the coaches do. Right. So, uh, and I'm more standing back. And when players want to connect with me, they can and they do. Um, and, and and the same is true for the coaches. Um, so it's actually the, the idea that I'm sort of some sort of um, Svengali psychologist, <laughs> sort of sprinkling... Uh, wise words is, is, is not accurate because when they 're out there they 're on their own, and they 're with the coaches day in day out, and that 's the unit we 're building
0: yeah it 's one of the things um, perhaps this is for all sportsmen as well, but certainly with with cricketers uh, to make sure that players maintain that sense of personal self belief because uh, if they 're struggling with form it can be a very, very lonely place. I mean, cricket yes. cricket's an interesting sport, isn't it? Um, um, it's one of those sports, it's a team game, but you can't rely on other team members to help you through. I mean, in a game of football, you can be a very average player, but if you've got good yeah. players around you, they'll help you through. Uh, with cricket, uh, no one can bowl for you, no one can no. bat for you, um, no. and it's all down to you, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and, and so, so, you know, the fundamental building blocks, and especially when people have a dip in form, That will often be a time that I get a bit involved and often I am helping people focus on their strengths and help them be really clear about what their strengths are. I'm I'm helping them um, make sure that their routine is what they want it to be, but that has to be the player's own routine um, so that they stay in the present. I'm making sure that any self-critical or self-doubting thoughts they have, they're able to put to bed very quickly, oh. um, because when a player does have a dip, um, those things will tend to get a bit eroded. And it's a bit like servicing a car. Um, you know, every player will have somebody who they can talk to. It may be me, it may be the coach. Uh, it will often be one of the coaching team, where they just, and I, I guess you yeah, know, they're tuning themselves up. I think one of the strengths of this squad is how self-reliant they are. My sense is there's an awful lot of coaching that goes on quietly between squad members because they're very trusting. And that's so powerful. And then at the crunch, um, that really supports the self-belief that they've got each other's backs.
0: And is that an improvement that you've seen over the years since you've been involved, William, Um, you know, uh, gradually that, yeah, Yeah. everybody for one reason or another has bought into that. Um, And again, go back, the success helps as well, doesn't it? I mean, we got the promotion Ah. in 2016. So that, uh, from that, that laid the foundations for the, for the later success. Um, Ah. You must have, you must have seen some improvements in your time. for
1: For sure. But, but I think that, um, you know, there was a lot of successful performance, but maybe not quite maintained. Um, But I think the changes were from the club downwards in terms of the club simplified their their committee structure. And that actually meant that uh, there weren't too many people at a club level um, getting involved with the coaches. Uh, Ronnie took over. And uh, again, that was very positive at the same time as, as, as chair of that committee. Um, when Chris Silverwood took over, Chris Silverwood uh, and then Mags came on board, uh, you know, an unusually uh, positive, humorous, wise coach, Chris yeah. Silverwood. Yeah. And so, you know, you've actually got a combination of things going on. Yeah. Um, there were other changes too. Um, uh, uh, but all of that, it's almost like if you can think about sort of cogs in a, in a quite a complicated machine, several things shifted a little bit, which really made a big difference, is, is my sense. Right. Um, and then just meant that what had been working at times really well, but not quite as consistently built in confidence. Right. And, and, I, and I, I would pick out, you know, Chris Silverwood and... Um, uh, and Mags and Tendo as uh, all uh, creating a more and more consistently positive environment where people weren't scared to fail, but they weren't scared to go and express themselves. Yeah. And, and that is a massive thing for uh, an environment in which players can thrive.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, fascinating. Just fast forward to the, the present dark time, really. Um, a big challenge for you and one I'm sure you wouldn't have expected to have to have dealt with in February time, but the players are on furlough now and preparing players to meet furlough and to deal with it while it's on. I mean, they're natural athletes. They want to be out playing. Um, that will present challenges to them individually and, uh, yeah. and as a group. Um, have you been called upon a lot to work um, with that facet of their of the problem that exists at the moment, William?
1: Well, well the... As a staff unit, we, as, as soon as lockdown was announced and was heading into lockdown, we started to work on, okay, w- what do the players need? What do the staff need? And having a system of checking in, having a system of just, so we have a very simple RAG rating system where we're aware of all of the players and all the staff members of you know, who's thriving uh, physically and mentally, who may be struggling a little bit uh and maybe who's struggling a bit more and it's not that each of us is ringing everybody up um but partly because they're on furlough but 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 also uh you know if you ring somebody every week and say how are you in a slightly laborious way <laughs> it, it, it's not really what they need um so it doesn't matter who does it but between us we've kept an eye on on people's well-being and kept in contact and isolation has been so actually i think it's less about furlough and it's more about the lockdown and the fact that you know you've got some greyhounds here you've got athletes who want to play cricket and want to get out part of the it's been great that many of them have volunteered on the for the nhs food Uh, my sense is that there's been a very positive uh, attitude some of them been very creative in sort of studying Um, and, and really, I I think it's more of a question of at times, so I've been doing some webinars, so part of my business, we've been looking at the different phases of lockdown, from, uh, leading remotely, working remotely, um, anxiety has been a big aspect. I'd say less for the players, um, Mm -hmm. or particularly the staff, but generally, uh, general staff members, you know, sorry, people out there in the workplace, the uncertainty of going into lockdown and the threat of COVID has created quite a lot of anxiety. So we've done webinars on anxiety management. Um, And and so in fact, uh, Dan Feast asked me to do a couple of webinars for staff members uh, and sponsors, uh, which we've done as well. One on working remotely and one on managing anxiety, and I believe they were uh, very well received. Yeah, uh, certainly
0: the, the knowledge and awareness of mental health and mental well-being is so prominent in all walks of life, it's sport, business, whatever. And I guess perhaps is that, is that one of the secrets to address that initially is to spot, um, if you like, that, that, a little crack appearing here and there, which um, through your work with the coaches and the players, for example, you might just get the semblance that something isn't completely right and being able to address it uh, right up front, rather than when it's too far down the line?
1: Well, I'd go back actually quite a lot further to actually say, if you have an environment where people can talk about things not going so well, as well as when things go really well, a less macho environment, if you like, then that, that sets the ground for a much more mentally healthy environment you know mental health is a positive thing you know if you talk about physical health are you physically healthy yeah that, that, yeah I, i'm always happy to be asked if, if i say physically healthy that's a positive thing it's only yeah. recently that mental health has started to ease the taboo because it used to be sort of uh, innately seen as a as a negative thing Yes. That change is massive, but it starts with just a, a greater willingness to be a bit more open yeah. day in yeah. day out, uh, in which then it, it's just more possible to talk about more emotional things, uh, more difficulty, um, whilst not detracting at all from the mental toughness that is needed to train really well um, and to perform really well when you're in the athletic environment they're, they're not mutually exclusive
0: right right and is that generally a message for everybody out there william if they Absolutely. if they are traveled mentally, talk to somebody about it you like share the problem uh, and deal with it collectively
1: well everybody has mental health yes and everybody has days or weeks where their mental health is a bit less good Uh, It doesn't doesn't mean you're about to have a breakdown. It doesn't doesn't mean that you're (laughs) cracking. It 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 just means yeah, it's a bit less good today. And so, even that attitude can just mean one is a bit less defended. Because I think where people get a bit into trouble can be the message to themselves. Oh, I can't I can't show any weakness. I can't show especially for men, for young men, where they can get into trouble, is. it, it, it is not having anybody to talk to and believing that they shouldn't be feeling like this. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, that subtly that's, so, you know, in my work with the players at the beginning of the season, the end of the season, we do actually do a, a mental health audit where we just just sit down and just, just check in a few things. Uh, and normally it just opens up a, a wider conversation, which is just a good general conversation as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: William, that's absolutely fascinating. Thank you for your time. Uh, look
0: forward to seeing you around and about the, uh, the uh, green Greensward of Chelmsford in a happier environment for, for us all anyway. Um, and well done for your part, however important or uns- insignificant that you perhaps portrayed in our success recently. I'm no. sure uh, it certainly made more than the 1% difference that uh, you alluded to earlier on. Um, well, thank you very much indeed for all you. your involvement.
1: You're welcome, Paul. It's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to carrying on um, in the future.